Hello to everybody listening at home. This is the Ordinary Church Podcast. I'm Connor. I'm here with Pastor Mike. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good, good. Good day today. It is a beautiful day today. Uh, we're kind of entering fall weather, which is nice. Yeah. Kind of. It'll probably you know, get hot again. Right. It's been kind of hot. It's been kind of... It's it's California. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a good day to be alive. It is a being great, Christ. Day, great day to be alive. Yes. To be in Christ. Today is the 7th. Uh, this is going to go up for everybody tomorrow, so you should catch it then. Mike, I want to ask you, what's on your mind right now? Well, the, what's on my mind is living to the praise of the glory of God, uh, Ephesians 1. And uh, what's also on my mind is um, Romans eleven thirty six. for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him mm-hmm. be the glory forever and ever. Mm-hmm. But on the mundane level, yeah, our president just got out of the hospital. He did. You know, I had a uh, dream that he, he died. I did. I was fearing that he died. I'm serious. For several days, I kept I checking the news. The news line, that, I mean, the headlines everywhere were president is dead. I, I had a, a dream that... Uh, Vice President Pence got sworn into office. Okay, so here's the weird thing. This is going to go down as probably our weirdest podcast ever, but and and the most transparent. So Saturday afternoon and evening, I was thinking, how will I preach tomorrow if the president dies? Like because that would be the first sitting president that has died in my lifetime Mm -hmm. in while in office. And I actually was thinking, how would I pivot and preach differently? About to a, a group of believers in a nation that the president just died, and I was yeah. actually thinking about it. Yeah, like how would yeah. I prepare? I almost wrote some notes down. Really? Yes. Isn't that weird? Oh, totally. No, I, I hear yeah. it though. I mean, that'd be on everyone's mind. And we got an Obviously. election, election, a very contentious election cycle. So we got an election less than a less than a month. Mm-hmm. We've got the NBA finals that no one's watching to supposedly, mm-hmm. except I'm watching them <laughs> because I'm the biggest Laker fan in the world, and I don't like the forced force-fed messaging yeah. that the NBA, and I believe that has hurt their ratings, but yeah. again, I'm watching. Are LeBron and, and Anthony Davis the greatest uh, two players to ever play together? I loved when Kobe and Shaq were playing. I'm I, I'm a Kobe guy, mm-hmm. and so I'm telling you, and I, I can't wait. To, I, I want him to, to play the mom, play in the Mamba jerseys on Friday night mm. to bring home the championship. Mm. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Uh, but here's another thing that happened yesterday. Eddie Van Halen died. He did? A lot of people who have only known me as, as a believer, you're going to go, why are you talking in my hands? Oh, because that was the first concert I ever went to, 1978, at the Sports Arena in Los Angeles. And my dad, who was a Los Angeles policeman for 30 years, allowed me to go. Me and my best buddy and my sister and one of her friends, we all went to the Van Halen concert. Yeah. 1980, what did I say, 87? No, 78, excuse me. Was it 78? I don't know. Yeah, I was in yeah. high school, so it would have been 78, and that would have been... Right after they came out, probably with their second or third album. I don't remember. Yeah. I think Van Halen 2 was the first Van Halen album. And Eddie Van Halen, best uh, rock guitarist ever. I think they list him as number eight of all time. I, okay. But, On like Rolling Stones. But seriously though, oh my goodness. So my dad was saying last night that Eddie Van Halen couldn't read any music. And that he actually started playing because he and his brother... What's his brother's name? The Alex. Drummer, Alex. Alex Van, Van Halen, Halen, yes. I guess when they were growing up, Eddie was playing the drums and Alex was playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to figure out a song and Eddie just got frustrated playing the drums. And he's like, I'm done with this. Let's switch. <laughs> and then they never went back. So I got a buddy. So, I got a buddy. Mark. Van, uh, shout out to Mark Van Landingham. And uh, he... He grew up in, um, oh boy, now I'm going to forget what city. It was like Arcadia, excuse me, Arcadia. Okay. And Van Halen played lunchtime uh, concert at their school, at their high school. Seriously? Yes. No like way. in, I don't know, early 70s. Or I don't know That's when it awesome. was, but because he's a couple years older than me, four years older, I think. But Van Halen, man, I was playing some tribute songs yesterday. I was. I went back to... I was played Jamie's Crying. I played Girl, You Really Got Me, where they did the 14 years after the Kinks did it in the 70s. They did. Oh, really? Uh, that, mean, was no, that was the Kinks song. song. Okay. No, that was the lead single of their first album. Huh. It was. I, but yeah. My dad played 
beat it yesterday. My dad's like a big eighties music guy. And I guess so Eddie Van Halen, Michael Jackson asked him to come play the guitar solo in Beat It. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, well okay, so I didn't know that until yesterday. I didn't know that, that Eddie Van Halen played I was not a Michael Jackson fan, I, nor am I yeah, right now. Yeah. And so I didn't really listen to that song and I didn't know I would have listened if I knew that he had But when did that so come my, out? When did Beat It come out? I don't know. But my dad told me that there he guys he read a story about it yesterday. When they were in the studio and they were recording, yeah. At one point Michael Jackson had to step out of the studio and Eddie Van Halen basically was talking to the audio tech guy and said, hey, I think this song will be, I think this song will be better if we did this and this and that. And while Michael Jackson was gone, he changed it. And he kind of asked the guy, like, what do you think? Is he going to be okay with this? You yes, know, is he, yes. Is this going to bother him? And the guy said, I don't know, but if you want to, we can. So he changed it and Michael Jackson came back and he said, hey, we made some adjustments. What do you think? And I guess Michael Jackson's response was, hey, you know, I'm so thankful that you cared enough about my song to want to make it better. Well, that's and really cool. Just, yeah. Okay, I love that. I never liked the glove, the moonwalk, or anything I, like I, that. I thought that was good though. I okay, yeah. so I just I just googled it and I figured out why I didn't know about it. Mm. Okay, um, in 1982 is when this song "Beat It" came out by Michael Jackson. Okay. I was born again by the Spirit of God in 1982. And I went away from all of my old records. I wouldn't listen. I used to listen to Van Halen and The Clash and Tom Petty. And I smashed all my albums. Hmm. I got rid of all of them. Yeah. I didn't listen to them anymore and would only listen to Christian music. So yeah. at that point, I was listening to Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like out of the mainstream for several years. And then as I grew in Christ, and, and I think we should talk about growing in Christ today. I really yeah. do. Because as I grew in Christ and got to know the, the Lord and, and, and read the Word, there were some of those things that I was like, you know, some people can throw those away and never listen again, but part of those are just part of the culture in which we live in. And so I started listening to Tom Petty again and The Clash, and so I'll yeah. still listen to uh, yeah. London Calling, one of the best albums of all time yeah. uh, by The Clash. Yeah. And um, I remember... I remember, though, The Clash came out with an album called Sandinista. It was a double album. Okay. And there was a song there called, um, what was it called? The Song of Sinners or something like that. Hmm. And uh, there was a, 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 um, a refrain in there where um, The Sound of Sinners, what was it called? Oh, The Clash. Come on. Uh, I think it was The Sound of Sinners. I know, listeners, you, you don't really care. The, the, the Sound of Sinners. It was on Sandinista. I just looked it up. And here's how it goes. As the floods of God washed away thin air... They say it was written in the page of the Lord, but I was looking for that great jazz note that destroyed the walls of Jericho. The winds of fear whip away the sickness. The messages on the tablet was Valium. As the planets from that golden cross, Lord, as the planets form that golden cross, Lord, I'll see you on the holy crossroads. And then it goes like this. After all this time to believe in Jesus, after all those drugs, I thought I was him. After all my lying and crying and my suffering, I ain't good enough. I ain't clean enough to be him. Now, here's an interesting thing. Huh. I read that now and I'm like, that. And it says, the time will sweep us sinners by. Holy rollers roll. Give generously now. Pass the hubcap, please. Thank you, Lord. It's just a weird song, okay? Uh, it talks about the fuel of evil raining from the sky, the sea of lava flowing down from the mountain, b burning the homeland. Hmm. Um and, but the thing is, he says, I, I ain't good enough. I ain't clean enough to be him. Yeah. When I first heard that, I thought they were mocking Jesus. So I stomped that record to bitch and threw it in the trash. I'm serious. Yeah. I was listening I to that album I and I did that. And wherever that came, that, that was released in 1980. So I had that album for a couple years. And I thought, no way. They were, they were mocking God. But as I, I read it now, 
he was actually as a probably a lost guy yeah. saying, still saying I'm not like him he still had a fear of God yeah. you know mm-hmm. he still had some kind of fear of God and so interesting like I can hear that song now and not you know punch the radio you know or punch yeah. the, punch, yeah. the uh, yeah. punch the iPhone hmm. um, but growing in Christ yeah, let's talk about that because the listeners, I think, we gotta we gotta rein them in here. Let's give we them some. Let's in. give them some redeeming today. Let's give Come them on. something to, to hear. So let's do we, it. We know that you didn't come to listen to us give a, a music review, uh, no. but we do want to talk about growing in Christ in uh, in the present moment with election, with the president out of the hospital, with NBA finals, with uh, people dying. How should we be uh, growing in Christ right now? So, Mike, I want to I want to ask uh, you that question, and maybe even if I could, but maybe the specific emphasis. And you're going to be preaching on on this a little bit this coming week too, in light of someone's death, you know, someone mm-hmm. that we would know. What does that turn your mind to, and towards in terms of growing in Christ, putting things in perspective? How would you think about growing in Christ right now? Absolutely, and that's the reason why you know you and I are talking about this is because anyone's death is sobering. Yeah. I was thinking about Jehoram in the Old Testament, Second Chronicles, where it says that he died uh, with no one's regret which is one of the saddest um, you know, accounts uh, of any lo- human life. Yeah. Dying with no one's regret, right? And I'm going to be preaching Ecclesiastes 6, 1 through 6 this week, and uh, there's a line in there that says this man that was blessed by God couldn't enjoy anything because he didn't acknowledge God, basically, and he has no burial. And it's like no one comes to his funeral. No one cares about his death. And that's probably one of the saddest things. But you know, I would say that um, if... If we rejoice in anyone's death, there's something broken in us. And it, it reveals our depravity. Mm. Um, we, I, I just don't think we can fully do that with a clear conscience as believers. I think that anyone's death sobers us. And so I remember when I first became a believer, I prayed for David Lee Roth and um, Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen. And um, I'm forgetting the bass player's name now. I, I, anyway, uh, sorry about that. But... Um, I, I just, uh, I would pray for their salvation. I, I seriously would. I would pray that they would get saved. And mm-hmm. I've done that probably for anyone I've known that isn't a believer, you want them saved. Yeah. But it makes you go back to, okay, so what's my life based upon? And my life is based upon the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ and Scripture. And it just, it takes me back to the Word of God. It really does in prayer and all the basics, regeneration and how salvation's a, a sovereign gift from God and that we don't save ourselves and that I'm no better than Eddie Van Halen or any other lost sinner. I'm as depraved as anyone. And it was only because of God's sovereign good grace and, and his uh, choosing and determining love that I'm saved. It is not because he looked down and said, well, look at Mike. You know, he's a guy that we should have in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I, you know, I was on the way to hell and, and a child of wrath, like even as the rest. And I think we have to remember those even as the rest lines in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it drives me back to the Word of God. It drives me back to yeah. inspiration of Scripture and illumination of Scripture and, and really our devotion to Christ, I totally. think. Yeah. yeah. One thing that we were just talking about before we started recording was this idea of just a, a person's uh, individual devotional life, just time with the Lord during the week outside of the gathered church on Sunday morning. I wanted to ask you, where do you think maybe for just the, the typical believer out there, where is the weak spot? Uh, or the spot where they struggle in those times of just personal, uh, yeah, set aside time with the Lord. Or is there anything that they're missing, maybe not thinking about that they could they could be kind of inserting into their life that would help them to grow in Christ? 
Well, I think sometimes that we overthink it, and I think that's our problem. Mm. I think we, and, and we underthink it. We over and underthink it. Okay, um, overthink by thinking we have to have some kind of like secret. You know, and God has made it abundantly clear that it's literally like you're in Christ because of his doing and you're to follow him and walk obediently as and humbly as a, as a believer. Um, by the way, uh, Michael Anthony was the other Van Halen. Michael Anthony. Okay, I just there you go. don't want to, and it's my first name, Michael Anthony. I, I have a friend named Michael Anthony. I was never, by the way, a Sammy Hagar fan. I uh, I'm a, I was a purist. David Lee Roth, David Lee Roth. was the only lead singer. First guy, right? Right. Yeah. And, and you know, Sammy Hager was there for a couple of years, but then David Lee Roth came back in. Okay. I think for a little while. I guess they got back together for a little while, but I wasn't following at that point. Anyway, uh, but I I, I digress. Um, uh-huh. Let's go back to the whole idea of overthinking, underthinking. I think that um, underthinking is this. I think sometimes we we get so wrapped up in you know, the idea of following Christ that we forget to actually do it. Mm -hmm. I think that the temptation for me and for all of us every day is to not attend to the word in a quiet, um, silent, humble way, like literally opening up my Bible and letting it be brought to bear on my life, taking enough time that it sinks in and that I do some digesting of the word. So I, I really do think it's go back to the word of God Sit in silence before God Almighty and His Word, and and push against the very temptation to to um, run on to other things that seem so pressing and yeah. important. Yeah. That's a temptation for all of us. Like, well, as I'm reading the Word in the morning, or I'm 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 listening to it, I want to check emails, or I want to answer that text that came in, or I, I want to look at the news and see what the latest headlines is. And at those moments, I'm being drawn away to something that perishes. And it's not unimportant. Like, it's not bad to know the headlines. It's not bad to, you know, answer the email and all that. But there's these priorities. And I think if the word is not a priority in our life, we can push it out of our life. And I do think that if more Christians were honest, they would say the word really does get pushed out and the devotional life and that's a word that we use too lightly, but really loving the Lord deeply and being devoted to Him and His Word and prayer mm-hmm. where you're just fixed and it drives everything. I think we need more Christians like that. I need to be more like yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think a lot about this idea of, and J.I. Uh, Packer brought this out in, in that book, um, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God, but just that we, we need to know uh, God as a person. You know, and just and come to him as a as a person, not not just f- kind of meeting a set of requirements or or even thinking through ideas, but knowing knowing Jesus as the risen Christ. And obviously, you have that all over the New Testament. But, anyways, you know, listeners, I think we're going to wrap it up there, and we have more to say about that. But we'll join you again next week, uh, Mike. Thanks for the time. Thank you, and, Connor. Uh, um, praise God that He is patient with us. Yes, Amen to that. And listeners, yeah. we love you. We're thankful for you, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. <laughs>